Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Um, we kind of want to just make this like an ecosystem where it's it's not transactional, but it's also very equitable in the exchange of money, creating this wine economy, this food economy, this tech economy in a sustainable manner. Welcome to the Swell Suite, everybody. Happy Wine Wednesday. It's me, Leslie, today. Hey, girl, how you doing? I'm good. Welcome, welcome, everyone. Welcome. Yes, yes indeed. The temperature sure dropped, didn't it? Oh, my it? gosh. I'm like, wow, <laughs> winter rolled in here. No yeah. at all. Yeah, I guess we can't complain because we got some really nice fall days, though. We did. I'm happy about that. How was your weekend? Did you do anything fun? I'm trying to, you know, my weekends are a blur. Even though we stopped doing wine tours, yeah, we're still doing wine tasting. Okay. So, um, so you mean week, like in person? We are doing both. So we are doing social distancing outdoors. I don't know. If we're not going to do that anytime soon. Um, and then virtual. Man, had um, we had a couple this weekend. It was such a nice weekend. I didn't mind. Mm-hmm. Well, actually, I actually fled the city this weekend because uh, you know whose people was in town. So I uh, <laughs> I wanted no parts of it. So uh, we actually went to North Carolina. Would you say? You don't want to be a part of the peaceful protest? Mm-mm. Not, <laughs> not at all. So I went to North Carolina this weekend. The, the weather was really nice there. Did you drive or you flew? We drove. We drove. And thank God we did a small road trip without killing each other. It was really nice. I'm very proud of you guys. I mean, you know, you've been both at home. Yeah. You still yeah. talk to each other. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, we just found a cute little dog-friendly um, Airbnb in uh, Charlotte. And Charlotte is a cute little town. I hadn't been in in a number of years. So it was cute. It was nice. Oh, that's good. Now, yeah. when you ask you this question, when do you think you'll be ready to get back on an airplane? Girl, I don't know. I don't know. I have yeah. no, I have no answer for you. I mean, I can't even tell you when I'm going back to work. So airplane, I don't know. Um, what about you? Uh, no, I almost <laughs> But when they started talking about selling that middle seat, I was like, mm, no, I can't do it. Now, you know, Glennis would be the perfect person because she just took a trip. She, yeah, she did. She did. And, yeah. what, and her flight to Jamaica probably wasn't that long. So I guess mm, maybe a short trip somewhere. Like I could, I don't know, maybe like flying to like Chicago or something, but that's another big city. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Not, it's not gonna happen yeah check with me in like a month or two when the holiday is over yeah we'll see how these numbers look when the holidays are over so are you going to have your family over for um the holidays or you know you- what i was going to ask you and the guests that um you okay. guys you y'all got y'all can chime on in um we're my family is we just split up so it's just me and the immediate family so me my husband my brother my grandmother my mom that's it and even though I have family in town, they will have their own separate okay. Thanksgiving dinner and we'll do a Zoom together to say, hey, y'all, but that's, that's it. Right. What about yeah. y'all? Well, I'm- for me, we normally meet at my, my aunt's house, um, but no, we're not because, yeah, so it'll just be, you know, Zoom or just, yeah, just phone and unfortunately. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, for us, we um, we're invited over our realtor's house, so oh. we're going to do Thanksgiving there. Typically, I do things, so it's going to be nice to not have to do things myself. Yeah, yeah. I got you. And Leslie, what about you? Um, I'm going to have it with my immediate family, with my parents. Yeah, and my mother. Yeah, we're not. Mm-hmm. So we're all on the same page. Awesome. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. <laughs> so if you heard those beautiful voices, we have two very special guests with us today. Alicia and Marie. Hey, y'all. How y'all doing? Hey, good to be hey. here, ladies. Thank you for having us. Of course. Of course. Please introduce yourselves to everybody. Mari uh, Kemp here, co-founder of Coco Noir. I am super excited. I'm always excited just to talk about, you know, our journey and, and Coco Noir, the idea behind it. Uh, I'm currently an executive for a tech company in San Francisco, but I'm here at my house in Georgia. So um, I'm sort of doing the bi-coastal thing, which keeps me up at nine, 10 o'clock at night on calls. Um, but, you know, we are bringing something powerful uh, to Oakland, California, and it's something that's been uh, a culmination of our passion and our perseverance and, and our tenacity to really drive and, and bring something to Oakland that reflects who we are. And um, we're excited to talk about it. So looking forward to getting deeper in the conversation. All right. Yes, that's an introduction. Alicia, can you reintroduce yes. yourself to everybody? Yes. Hi, everyone. My name is Alicia Kidd, and I am one of the co-founders of Coco Noir Wine Shop and Bar. I'm also the owner of The Wine Noir, which is a wine business company. And I am a wine lover, wine connoisseur, um, you know, all things wine and supporting our community. And I look forward to this is my second time on the show. And I'm excited to, you know, present this new opportunity and just to chat with everyone yeah. wow. you have so much going on I can't I just can't fathom how you have any more left in your cup to start <laughs> something new so this is exciting I can't wait to hear about it thank you so tell us tell tell us how y'all met and how Coco Noir was born well, Alicia and I met, gosh, I think we met at some, some black and power event, wasn't it? A mixer. Yeah, it was a mixer about 12 yeah. years ago. And Alicia told me that she uh, golfed and I've been golfing since high school. Like that actually part of my scholarship to Tuskegee was golf. Shut up. Leslie golfs too. Hey. <laughs> okay, I see a foursome happening then. Yeah. It's so nice to see other women golfers and, exactly. and, women, and women who golf, you know, like they make an effort to go golf. I love mm -hmm. that. Yes, I'm super excited. And so, um, yeah, like, like just how you felt, it's rare to meet other women who golf. So anyway, that's how we met. Like, that's how we hit it off. We went golfing together. I think we have mimosas and we just, and so mm -hmm. there you go. We have mimosas, right? First indicator that we both like wine and champagne and drinks. Um, mm -hmm. And then we've gone to so many various different wineries and always did wine tasting and things like that. And so it's really cool to do this venture because it's going, I always talk about the power shift of shifting from a consumer to an entrepreneur and or a creator and and that's how we've sort of pivoted our friendship into that direction and same you know she said everything and just um you know when we met when we were like in our early 30s late 20s so it's just that pivotal moment of our social circle, you know, is more sure shifting towards the wine crowd, you know, so instead of going to a, a lounge in the city, we're going to the wineries on the weekend. So that's kind of like our lifestyle. And then just being in networking circles. And we were members of a, a black women's golf group called Sisters on the Links. And we were like the youngsters of the crew. So it, it just really, it was just fun. And, and the conversation was always surrounded around wine and food and that's our lifestyle and travel. So it kind of just went hand in hand. So yeah, um, I've had birthday parties um, at wineries, just social gatherings. And that's where a lot of my friendships were formed. So, so oh no, go ahead. Leslie. Okay, I'm sorry. So I'm really excited about this because this is my dream to do. Um, so is it a wine shop and bar or... Is it a shop? Like, can you tell us a little bit more about how Coco Noir is structured? Mm -hmm. Totally. So it is wine, a wine shop and bar. Um, and the actual storefront is essentially our flagship. And the beauty of what we're doing is very COVID proof. 
in that we have identified six streams of revenue to drive from this business model, meaning that yes, the storefront is one, uh, but not the only one. And so a lot of people always ask us about, well, what about COVID in the storefront? That's okay, because we do wine experiences, we do virtual wine tastings, we're selling wine already um, through Wine Noir. Uh, we already have a lot of different channels already fully operating. And then we have this beautiful tech piece that we're bringing into this as well, so that we create a wine marketplace. Um, so we are, um, it's, a, it's a wine shop, floor to ceiling uh, windows, glass windows, which is gorgeous. Um, you walk in, you're going to see ambiance, chandelier, marble, countertops. What we are pushing for is very high end, very classy um, to really drive and, and bring that upper echelon crowd to come have some wine tastings and, and bring the community together. Come look at some art. Um, and things like that. In the meantime, while we have everything else sort of self-functioning and operating, um, we will have our storefront as well to kind of store to show. And we want to actually duplicate that same strategy here in Georgia, um, uh, as I'm very close to the Atlanta, Georgia area now. So how did y'all even come up with this business model? Because I saw online that at this point, you're you you have more than 27 investors and you've raised more than $72,000. Like, how did you come up with this business model? So correction. So it is 72,000. We have over, I think, um, 127. So we do have 100. My yeah, God. So wow. um, how that happened was, again, community. Um, with both of our powerful networks, um, you know, in the, in just in our, different fields and then our personal friendship network um we just needed there was just this big demand from me vending a lot throughout 2017 18 and 19 most of my customers would always ask how when are you having a storefront there is no place that is women-led black-owned minority focused wine producers and makers and negotiants then partnered that with we're going to have an eatery that works with local women chefs, black chefs in the community. So we're infusing that relationship of, you know, black winemakers, vintners, negotiants, along with black chefs and catering companies to kind of give that experience along with the wine shop, the tasting room, social space. So, um, and how we got the support was just, you know, again, with my network, with Madi's network. And then we're, um, we're also deep in the social impact community, which we'll talk about. Um, our lead investor, Arnold Hesse, is like one of the leaders in the food industry when it comes to social, um, sustainable foods. And so he was our lead investor and he invested $15,000 as our lead. And then from there, we just, the mayor of Oakland has invested in us. We've had a lot of Wow. And we look at this as a community place. It's a for-profit model, and we're um, but we want the community to take part as investors. They're going to be our customers, so why not, you know, um, invest in us to help, you know, to watch us grow. And Alicia, you were telling me before we start recording that um, your opening has been pushed back a little bit. Is that because of COVID? Well, no, it's not even about COVID. It's more of well, I will say COVID, COVID from a building perspective. So it's like okay. with the restrictions of construction crews and things like that, you know, being in the mm. place at one time and also licensing. Those are the things that I'll, that's holding us back because of the, re the restrictions and downsizing of employment with the government, the local government agencies and then the construction crews. It, it's going to take us a little while, but I think it's to the best because we are open actually and we are revenue generating through our experiences. That's wonderful. I mean, that is, that is That's amazing. I mean, I've got goosebumps. This is so exciting. Thank you. So you're still opening the brick and mortar part in Oakland. Are you also going to have a location in Atlanta? Yes. Yeah, so our first, um, so we want to master the art of building a business from the ground up and we're doing it in Oakland. Um, and um, just going back to the delays, I don't think we touched on the fact that this is a brand new building period. And there's over, um, I think it was 46 floors. Um, I don't remember how many floors, but it's a very tall high rise downtown Oakland 
on 14th and, and Franklin. So they're still figuring themselves out too. So which additionally kind of added on to um, the time to sort of move into more like a May, June timeframe to launch Coco Noir. Um, but yes, next, after we get Oakland going, stabilized and moving nicely, the idea is to do something in Atlanta. Atlanta, I moved to this uh, house when uh, COVID started and I've in Oakland and Atlanta have a lot of similarities. And in terms of the demographic, in terms of the people who, um, the, the look and feel of people, the professionalism, the black professional market is beautiful. Um, so there's a lot of high rise buildings with very nice ground floor storefronts that look just like what we're doing here in Oakland. So the idea is to stabilize Oakland and duplicate in, in Atlanta at some point. Well, we would love to have here. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, no, no, I, DC. Oh, you're in DC. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, all right. Yeah, we would absolutely love that because we we don't have many black owned. We got some black owned restaurants, but we don't have many black owned um, wine establishments here. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think the cool thing about our business model is we're not bringing to you wines that you would find at Bevmo or or, mm-hmm. or you would find at Trader Joe's. These are wines that are going to be um, curated from different types of wine producers globally. Um, you know, specifically we're targeting women producers and underrepresented producers as well. So it's gonna be an experience. And it's, it's also a mentality of just being conscious of what you drink. And, and it sort of creates that footprint in itself. And we have that, that commitment to our own sustainability as well. Uh, so yeah, this is, it's gonna be a total different feel. And, it's, and it's, it's for that conscious person who really wants to step out and, and try something different. Hmm. There's definitely a demand for it. For sure. Yeah. There's definitely a demand for it. And even with the demand, um, it's still an unknown, untapped market. Mm-hmm. It is, and, and so communicating that to the general public um, and adding that exposure, I just think that this is a great opportunity for economic empowerment and to um, open that footprint. Because, you know, some of the challenges that these markets have is that they don't have the capital, they don't have the investment to go bigger, or they can't find a distributor or don't want a distributor because it cuts into their market. But once that demand continues to increase, then I think that will provide them an opportunity, more of an opportunity. And the, and the great, um, the also the positive is what's different is that since I am licensed, I'm triple, well, four times licensed, um, you know, at the federal and state level for import, export, wholesale and distribution. And so my company will be the supplier. So any brand um, I can buy on behalf of Coco Noir wines from all over because I am an importer. I don't have to go through, we don't have to go through a distributor. Now that's not to say that we won't partner with other distributors, but in order for us to curate um, the wine portfolio for our brick and mortar, for our e-commerce and for our mobile app platform marketplace, we wanna have 100% decision-making power. And in doing that, um, we're bringing um, sustainability and equitable equality or equitable wages like so say if you're a winemaker and you have a set wholesale price we're not going to haggle that because we're dealing directly with the wholesaler I mean with the winemaker so like we're we understand we know what the audience wants so we're you know Coco Noir already has a partner but we're also going to be very strategic in who we partner with which are small um, businesses in the community even if you're from other states um, we kind of want to just make this like an ecosystem where it's it's not transactional, but it's also very equitable in the exchange of money, creating this wine economy, this food economy, this tech economy in a sustainable manner. So did you have any, um, speaking on the regulatory side, did you have any trouble because you are an importer and a wholesaler? And then being a retailer also, was that an issue at all locally? So um, we did hire and pay a pretty penny for attorneys in 
Um, and so, yes, um, I am able to keep those licenses with um, the new licensing. I had to acquire another license in order to become a 50% owner um, okay. in a um, retail wine shop. So you can do that in um, California with um, becoming a winery. So we are a winery. I am a winery with the Wine Noir and then also Coco Noir is a winery and a restaurant. So that will allow us to operate as a wine shop retail, as well okay. as a tasting room, and as well as have our eatery. And then we'll have our own private label as well that Madi can talk about. So we'll have our own little private label mm-hmm. on top of showcasing hundreds of brands of color and women. And let me tell you, the tastings to get to our private la- label is exciting. We're tasting a lot of good wines. <laughs> like, first of all, I have to make a l- some, just have a little fun for a second. Um, we've tasted so much wine just in uh, launching Coco Noir last night. Something, I, you know, my husband, he doesn't really drink wine. And so um, I always, and so I said, I was on the phone with Alicia and I said, look, I only want to drink one glass. <laughs> How many times have I said that? <laughs> we're on Zoom. We're on Zoom. <laughs> so we're sitting there just talking and we're, you know, it's like business and then fun and then personal, just and then stories, everything we use on. Next thing you know, I look up, it's three in the morning. The bottle is gone. But uh, my point in saying that is that we have been taking part and then we're doing virtual wine tasting. So naturally we're drinking again. Um, So I will say if anyone wants to open a wine shop, it is a lot of fun. Like the process is just good. I've drank more wine in the last, plus COVID, everybody's drinking more wine with COVID, but um, I've, I've, I've consumed more wine in 2020 than probably in the last five years of my life. Uh, but the tasting process. So with with our Coco Noir, we wanted to have our own wine label, and so we've been doing various tastings to de- to determine what speaks to us and what we really like. And uh, we're close to sort of closing on what that is going to be. So stay tuned for what that what we will have for you soon. But we're going to have our own Coco Noir wine very soon. Oh, I was hoping that you'd like give us the inside track and. Alice, give us a clue. Yeah. I'll just say this. One is a white blend that you would have never thought of. Huh. Ah, okay. All right. And one's yellow. One's a red. Okay. Oh, wow. you know, one is a standard blend and the other, the our white is going to be a blend that's full body, but really good. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, so it's, can you guys tell us a little bit more about the um, the wines that you're going to have? Well, that you currently have with Coco Noir. Did you mention like um, female run um, wineries? Yes. So currently we um, we partnered with my company that still sells wine online. Um, so we have the South African wines. Currently we we have Silkbush um, and that wine brand is from the Stellenbosch region. Um, you you remember Selena um, from Heritage Link Brands? She's sure. part owner. Of, she's one of the um, owners of that company. So even though she does importing, she has a ownership in that company. So I sell. The, I'm selling the rest of that brand, um, which is a five blend red as well as a um, Viognier um, for the white. And then we also have um, La Miabelle, which is a female produced champagne. And um, it is very, very good, actually. It's um, a premium crew, extra brute. And um, it's from the Champagne region. And then we also have Marcus Johnson right now. We also have Charles Wine Company. Mm. Um, we're also going to be getting um, Kamusha's Wines from South Africa and Asalina coming up soon nice so right now that's who we have but when it comes to coco noir we have the gamut um, we plan on having about 200 wine selections 100 to 200 wine selections in the retail shop and then we'll have more but it'll be mainly women-led and then um black and then all, um, all of the other groups that are underrepresented 
And then we're going to have your traditional wines as well. But this has never been heard of. I think in Virginia, where you guys are, there's a person who has a wine shop that I heard, or it's like a wine tasting room where they sell a lot of different, you know, brands of color um, that I can't mm. think of right now. And oh, if I can I can't think either. of it, I'll Yeah, I can't. I can't think of mm-hmm. it. But it's called Bonavera. It starts with a B in Richmond, Virginia. That's one oh. that I... I don't know if they're still open, but they open us a and wife couple. Closed. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I think she went online. Let me know. Okay. We speak, but I think she went online. Hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. Wow. Uh, <clears throat> so have you guys had like many challenges with um with opening your wine shop? Other, I mean, outside of like COVID and the licensing, any other challenges? I mean, I will say the building we're moving into, the developers are just great to work hmm. with. They really want our culture. They know what we bring to the table and they see value in, in what we're what we're doing. So um, everybody who looks at our deal, they're like, wow, you guys got an amazing deal. Yeah. Um, so to see that we have developers and builders who see the value and they want us there. And not only that, it's located in the, the area earmarked as the Black Arts District. Oh, nice. So, um, but in terms of anything else, no, I mean, things are actually moving very smoothly. I know that there was definitely a lull um, once COVID happened, like, you know, the permitting office was closed, the licensing, you know, all that stuff was closed. So of course, that leveled every type of movement and action and the concern. And even the builders, like you guys are still going to move forward. <laughs> you know, they were <laughs> testing to see like if we still had an appetite to move forward. And of course we do. But I think um, in terms of process and support, it's been nothing but love from even um, the community, our peers, our family, our friends, you know, individuals like you guys interviewing us, just hearing the story is something that we just love to tell. And we were actually at um, Phil Long's uh, winery mm-hmm. day at Longevity. We did an interview with him. Oh, nice. And so it, it's just now the community is just definitely coming out. And, and we're very thankful and, and for that support that we're getting from everyone. That's wonderful. So do you have some words of advice for um, new entrepreneurs? Well, yes, I say do not give up, but also just, you know, plan, you know, if there's something you want to do, particularly if we're in the wine industry or in any industry, just have a plan, um, you know, believe in yourself, um, align yourself with people who support you and our mission align and just go for it, you know, take calculated risks, you know, don't just take risks, take calculated risks um, and just know that you can do. And I think as an African-American person in business, I think, you know, for us, it's a lot of first, you know, we're taking a lot of risks. You know, sometimes you have to leave your job. Sometimes you don't, you know, partnership. That's why um, I partner with one of my close friends in this venture um, because it's, it makes sense. I think we need to be more collaborative and more partnerships. So in, in starting businesses, sometimes partnerships can help your existing business as well as grow new businesses and legacy businesses as well. Hmm. Have you, how have you found like the business community um, Mm -hmm. and just finding that network Mm -hmm. of people to be supportive? How have you built community around you? Well, we, we actually, so first of all, we have a story and that story we're sharing uh, we have a marketing, we have PR teams that kind of help push that story out. Um, slow funded is a, a food funded, slow money, sorry, slow money um, is probably where we first started, you know, our conversations with um, Arno Hess, who, inv- inv- who was our seed investor for this whole initiative. But that was the first, like, if I think about a diving board, that was our first leap of like, oh, shoot, we can do this. Mm-hmm. Um, and okay, let's just keep going. Let's keep telling our story. Let's, let's, let's see how far we can, we can really take this. Um, and even from putting our first business plan together, it was a little PowerPoint presentation and, and all that. But, um, I would say the community has definitely been there. 
it would be great to see more support from the black community. Um, but you know, the community is definitely there and everybody, and not only that with, we didn't talk about how we're raising with crowdfunding, right? It's a crowd share um, opportunity where there's a revenue share model. If I say those words and if I say them too fast, it's like, it's flying way away. Like, what does that mean? Mm-hmm. You said crowdfund, that sounds like so funny. So it's also um, an educational opportunity. And so because of that, um, it takes some conversations with some just to understand what that means and how that works. And that is not a GoFundMe that just disappears. You don't know if the person uses it on their business or goes buys a, a brand new car. Um, but with crowdfunding, you it's a revenue share model. So when we make money, you make money. And you're going to get paid two times back what, what you put in. So every time someone invests, they become our business partners. And, and it's a nice model that we're using for that people to actually take part in as a community in Coco Noir. Um, you mentioned that um, you would like more support from the Black community. What does that support look like to you? So it, it looks like more. And again, I, we have had support from the community um, in the Bay Area. It's very multicultural here. Um, I think it's more to the fact that because what we're doing is so new within our community, we're not going to a traditional bank. You know, we didn't, um, we, we are self-financing the business as we speak, but we are doing something where we create our own interest, you know, our own terms. So we came up with an amount, we sought the attorneys and we were actually the underwriters to our own funding, right? So that's unheard of. And so when in our community, it's more, and just like within the United States, we have more of a traditional funding model method mindset. So um, if it doesn't come in the fair of a, uh, if it doesn't sound like a stock, which it, it, you can compare it to um, you invest on Wall Street, but look at it as you're investing in community Main Street businesses that generate profits. So your local mom and pop store where you're an investor and you collect dividends off of that. So in order for us to see more support, um, what I we're both members of the African-American Chamber of Oakland, um, the California Black Chamber, um, Madi's in a sorority. We used to, we were um, members of the 100 Black Women. So we're getting support. So we're just starting to do more outreach. So it would be good. We're going to be hopefully presenting to the Vintners Associations very soon because winemakers can invest certain at certain levels. So just getting the word out there, you know, that if you invest in us, it's, it's going to, it's going to benefit not only us, but the community compared to other communities um, that are in the wine industry, they get licensed and everything. Whereas our people, we look at just sometimes one thing, but when other cultures are coming in, they look at how can we dominate the whole market, even when it comes mm-hmm. to supporting and investing. So I just think we just need to do more outreach. Um, we're working with our publicist, Visharee, and just our other team members to help get that messaging more clear and just coming up with new strategies. Hmm. That's awesome. Thank you. That's amazing. Uh, Leslie, you have any other questions or you guys um, want to speak on anything else before we go to our next segment? Yeah, I think um, one thing I wanted to tap into too was just advice for anyone wanting to become an entrepreneur. Um, One of the things we talked about last night was understanding that you're more than one thing and being okay with that, you know, and, and, you know, being okay with being uncomfortable. There are so many things that we had to learn along the way and we're continually learning along the way, but being okay with that ambiguity, being okay with that, um, uncomfort. And when you're uncomfortable, that means you're doing something right. Um, so perseverance. And, and when you, when you start to question, go back and look at the data, get the facts, back it up, just so you can solidify and keep moving. Um, but it's, it's understanding that you're definitely more than one thing. And, and I think that, you know, coming from my father generation before me, they had their jobs for 30 years whereas that's not the case anymore. And so because of that volatility, it creates the desire that you at least have to have five to seven streams of revenue or income coming into your home, right? And and so being able to um, 
create and build Coco Noir after the, at the end of my work day, <laughs> you know, um, but understanding that what you're doing when you start to push beyond that uncomfortableness, um, you're building that legacy. And that's what we're all charged to do um, as women, as, as human beings on this planet is to leave that legacy and to build it not only for our children, but for other women and other people moving forward in our paths behind us. But last thing, also reach out to somebody, give us a call, you know, hit us up on our website, join Coco Noir uh, Wine. Dot com. Uh, you can always, we're always cool to have a phone call and just say, Hey, okay, let me take you through the whole process. This is not a crabs in a bucket strategy. This is like, let's all take this over. Let's dominate because that's what we need to do. We need to own something um, in our economy. Well, amen. Right. I mean, yeah. You, how can you follow that? I <laughs> so um, our next set of questions, we just have five and these are for um, pretty much everybody. Um, just random questions about you guys. The first question is, <clears throat> if you were 10 years old right now during this pandemic, what snack would you overindulge in? <laughs> if I was 10 years old, I would yeah. say now laters. The orange and the purple ones, because they weren't <laughs> great in orange, um, uh, as well as Alexander the Grapes and Johnny Appleseeds and Hubba Bubba Orange Gum, all in that order. <laughs> <laughs> a sweet tooth. <laughs> I'm just going to keep it simple. I like, and I, I don't eat them anymore, but I side eye them when I'm in the like um, Walgreens or something. Twinkies. Oh. I like Twinkies, the little white part. Like, it's just, it, I used to love like Twinkies. <laughs> yes. I don't eat them anymore, but just Twinkies. And um, I used to like, I know I, I can't stand, I hate to say this, but back in the day, I used to just think McDonald's and our generation was not as bad as it is now. And mm -hmm. I just love to collect the Legos. I used to oh, just. Oh, sure. Legos. I just wanted the Happy Meal to give me my Lego collection. So that's what I would go for. <laughs> uh, Leslie, what about you? Uh, cheese curls. Okay. Yeah, yeah oh. but the big like jug. The cheese mm -hmm. curls. <laughs> oh, and those sweet and sour pickles from the, 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 the liquor store. Those big. Sure, yeah. <laughs> Hi. I lived in kid, so like we used to get those pickles, those big ones, for like a quarter. Yeah. Oh that yeah. Was, that was um, for me, uh, let's see. I would need something sweet and savory, so I'm sure crabs would not be an option. Um, <laughs> but um, shrimp, like if if we have like any sort of like frozen shrimp in the in the freezer i probably like ask my mom to keep making those and eat those over and over again um <laughs> ego waffles oh yeah um and peanut m&ms mm -hmm. oh yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. Mm. all right what was the last wine you sipped outdoors oh outdoors huh oh so when we were at um, Longevity, we had had two. So it was his Blanc de Blanc. Is that good? Blanc yeah, I, I've been dying yeah. to try it. Yeah. Yes, yeah. his Blanc de Blanc and also Paul Charles, um, Charles, I keep calling him Paul, Charles and Company um, Symphony. They're sure, his wife's label, Charisse. Um, it's um, a, a Grenache Gris and a Muscat blend. Hmm sparkling yeah that we have in our portfolio so those are the two I had outdoors uh and we were pretty much drinking together so but in addition to that so I <laughs> echo that but my um last thing I had was a very coveted bottle and this is again longevity journey between the vines they had a special uh black makers wine uh black winemakers story um wine that they made and it 
is delicious. And, mm-hmm. you know, my daughter actually, um, I went out of town for a weekend and I came back and she drank it. And it was like, we were not going to be okay because you can touch any bottles, but you can't touch that one. So <laughs> that is very special to me and very delicious. So highly recommend it. Wow. Um, I had the uh, man sparkling, mm-hmm. which was, oh, it was really good. Yeah. I, was, I was pleasantly surprised by that. Yeah. yeah. What about you, Sarita? Uh, over the weekend in North Carolina, I took um, crumbling rock from Black Ankle with me. So I had that. And um, yeah, that that was a delight. I saved it since because Melissa gave it, sent it to us so, some months back. Yeah. So yeah. Um, yeah oh, it's, it's a local winery here called Black Ankle Vineyards. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and they're, uh, oh gosh, I forgot what vintage it was. But um, their crumbling rock is like their, <clears throat> the wine that they're known for. And it's like a Bordeaux mm-hmm. blend. And it's, yeah, it's, it was so good. Mm-hmm. It was really good. And I made, and I made lamb with it. Ooh, so ooh. yeah, I made some lamb. Nice and pairing. Yeah, yeah. It was really nice. Sat outside. Yeah, it was cool. Very nice. Crunchy or creamy peanut butter? Creamy. 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 I just... <laughs> Y'all tripping, crunchy all day. What? <laughs> I just have my, I always, and sometimes I'll just take a knife, you know, just mm-hmm. go into the peanut butter and just smooth. It's just so good. Mm. I, I'm text, I'm crazy for, for texture. So I, I have to have the mm-hmm. crunchy. You know, I've been, um, recently, recently I stopped eating peanut butter uh-huh. and I started getting the, the um the cashew butter oh sure mm-hmm. and um and sometimes they'll sell it with uh cashew butter with um maple hmm. Ooh, that's some kind of good that sounds good, oh, good. Um, I gotta try. Kind of good. yeah <laughs> yes mm-hmm. all right do you have a dream car hmm i'm starting to like those bentley trucks My my, mm-hmm. I think that's uh, and it's funny. Um, they're all over Atlanta. So, really? And yeah, I didn't really see many in, in the Bay, but out here they're everywhere. So, but those are just really nice cars. They just look good. I gotta Google what it looks like. <laughs> truck. <laughs> what about you, Alicia? I don't know. Like. I mean, it's not a dream car, but I, when I was younger, I used to, or in high school, I used to love Lexus, but now I like Teslas. Like, yeah. I think I want to get a Tesla and um, I like the Mercedes, the one that looks like Jay-Z said, look like the, this, what do you call it? Jay-Z fan, by the way. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he would say, give me any car with Jay-Z in yeah, it. So. <laughs> <laughs> it was Range Rover at one time. No, I like Range Rover too. So like a Tesla or Range Rover or at the top of the line Tesla and that, you know, that Mercedes, that's the, the truck, but it's yeah, the it's one a Mercedes like truck. A, it's like a box. It's boxy. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. That box. Some he said look like a lunchbox. Some yeah. he said, you know, I love <laughs> the, the most expensive one out of both. So all black or silver and black. So those are like my two either Range Rover, Tesla, or Range Rover, Mercedes truck. Leslie, how about you guys? I, I see, I just think cars are a means to an end. Sure. I have a problem paying for a car, but I did notice today for the first time, the Range Rover black on black with the black rims, Mm -hmm. black riding. I was like, oh, that's pretty nice. I I like that, but I, I don't, I don't notice cars because I just, I just think like it's necessary evil. You have to yeah. have it. Sure. <laughs> uh, I I ask because I really don't have one. Like I drive a Prius and I live on a city street, like in a street parking. So it's best not to have anything nice because people tap your shit all the time. Mm-hmm. But um, 
I do like Teslas. I just want them to be a little smaller because again, city street parking, you can't really fit in all the spaces. So mm-hmm. once Tesla comes up with like a smaller version, then I think they I'll have, take one. They have they have that um the smallest one. Yeah, I know. The, it's it's not it's not small enough for me. Uh, <laughs> you like the little cars, the little- I, you know, uh, because like my oh, husband he drives it. The, like the Prius, like my Prius is 2009. It's not that small. It's like the perfect size. Like I want something like maybe a little smaller than that. So I can like get into any space or something. Or one sure. of those. Yeah. So wait, are you in DC proper? Yeah. Oh, okay. So my daughter graduated from Howard. Oh, nice. You so- don't look old enough to have grown kids, child. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Well, you know, the, the vineyard that we were just talking about, Black Ankle, they have, um, they're on the Tesla map because oh, they have yeah. stations there. Mm-hmm. Um, and pre-COVID, they used to have Tesla Day. So Yeah, I've been there for a Tesla Day. It was crazy. Yeah, it is. It is, yeah. Very um, nice. All right, last question is for Alicia and Marie. Um, it's the night before your... Coco Noir opens, everything is in place, you're feeling good, you're about to go home and close the doors for the next day. What song are you playing and what bottle are you sharing? You each can choose a song and a bottle. You don't have to choose the same one. So, like she said, I am a Jay-Z stan. (laughs) So, I'm gonna play, it's an old one though, it's called Show Me What You Got. Sure. I love that because that whole video was shot in Monte Carlo. And I'm like, I love that kind of stuff. So, and um, of course I would, you know, have his label or um, there's a brand that I like that you probably haven't heard of, House of BNG. It's a South African mm-hmm. um, Black woman celebrity, um, Bunang. And I just love her bottles. So anything that's like glamorous, like, because it's going to be <laughs> glamour, so... Because she's a reality show star in in South Africa, right? Yeah. Yeah. And then Marie Cissier, I would have hers too, because we want to have hers in France. So it's going to be like celebratory luxury because, you know, I love that. Well, and that's actually our our plan to do our official um, grand opening is going to be very luxurious, very red carpet. You know, everybody's going to have that feel. Um, so we're excited about that. So with regards to what we're drinking, I'm on board. Alicia is in charge of the wine. It sounds amazing. Champagne all day. Um, and, um, in terms of, you said, what would we be playing? Oh, music. Mm -hmm. I am feeling this queen. She just came out with, um, new music. Her name is Sarak. Um, and she's a queen where she's talking about just you know, just basking in her own glory, her own beauty as a woman and how powerful she is and makeup or not, you know, just really self-acceptance and um, the fact that she's able to push through and she's going to be here forever. Um, that's my song. So a Sarak um, and it's called Forever. And she's a, she's a dope sister. So I definitely am feeling that right now because it's all positive vibes. Yes. I love it. You know what, Leslie, uh, if you have an answer, I'd like you to answer too, because you got a wine club that's about to pop off. So, hey, congratulations. Thank you. you well, know, we're going to talk about that over golf, by the way. Yes. <laughs> yes. I don't golf, but I will drink and watch y'all. That's like, hey, you can <laughs> think about golf that you can still ride drink. in the cart. <laughs> it's still a sport. Yes. yes yes it is yes it is it's all right after after a couple of mimosas you'll be hitting amazing shots <laughs> or you just don't care That's exactly no judgment um i think i would play mary j's my life mm, okay mm-hmm. and, um as far as for i actually i would not have wine this time I think I would I would do um uh like ice chilled vodka Mm, okay low calorie too yeah and what vodka do you prefer 
recently I have found this, um, I forget the name of it, but it's a Russian vodka. Mm-hmm. And I just, I just put it in the freezer mm. and then, you know, every once in a while, I'll just take it out, squeeze some lime and it's like mm-hmm. butter. Man, yeah. I said I wasn't going to drink today. Now I want ice cold vodka. <laughs> exactly. That sounds wonderful. I'm already thinking of what I'm going to drink after this call. <laughs> what my one glass of the night's going to be. Oh. <laughs> 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 um, <laughs> Ladies, before we wrap it up, tell everybody where they can follow you individually, where they can follow Coco Noir. Tell us. Yeah, we're on all platforms. Instagram, Coco Noir. Um, You can go to coconoirwine.com. We're on LinkedIn, Facebook, Twitter. Um, And then personally, you can Madi Kemp on uh, Facebook or Instagram. You can definitely find me there. And you can also find me at the Wine Noir at on all platforms and yeah, and the wine along with Coco Noir Wine. And um, yes, Leslie, yeah. you want to drop your wine club? Hey, it is uh, the Wine Concierge Club on Instagram and Facebook. Okay, awesome. You're Let- out of me right now, sis. Thank you. Hey. Thank you so much for joining us. This was fantastic. Absolutely. Thank you for having us. It was a lot of fun. We just need to bring more wine to the, to the next one. Yes, yes, of course. Yes, and anything uh, anything we can do on this side of the country to help y'all out, just let us know. Please we let us know. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. Awesome. Thank you so All much. Right. You're welcome. Y'all have a good night. Thanks for joining this well sweet everybody. Don't forget to like and subscribe, share this episode with everyone who listens to podcasts. Um, follow us on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and that's about it. Have a great weekend. Cheers.